Welcome to the Talking Recruitment Podcast from the REC. Every week we look at all the latest insights, perspectives and experiences from across our diverse recruitment industry. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Talking Recruitment, the REC's uh, podcast. My name is Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. Delighted to be with you again for another discussion about how the current crisis is affecting our industry and how we bounce back from it. It's been another busy week at the REC. Clearly a dominant part of the week has been the uh, the upturning concern on COVID cases in the UK. Uh, the briefing on, on Monday morning on the 21st from the government scientific advisors and we're recording this before any reaction to that from the government has been put in place but we're anticipating some further changes during the week as ever. Anything that does change change, and the public policy impacts of that will work through and uh, be positioned to help REC members on the helpline as and when it uh, when it comes in. A really big message from the REC into government along with a wide range of other business organisations is to make sure that we are properly balancing the needs of the economy and the long-term interests of people with a with, with the need to effectively fight the virus. Beyond uh, COVID, very busy few weeks here at the REC. Draw your attention to our REC Essential Lessons Guide, REC 2020 Essential Lessons Guide, which is available to members on the uh, website now with video content and key takeaways from our recent annual conference. Really good thinking there on leadership in this uh, challenging time in particular and some great views from around the economy as well as from some of the key leaders in our sector. Um, in terms of a deeper dive into some of the big, big issues, if you're catching this when we first drop it uh, onto, uh, onto the podcast services, there's an REC webinar on Thursday the 24th 4th of September, which is going to look more deeply into both where we are in the current economic situation, but again, looking over the horizon to some of the bigger issues that are still out there that we still need to pick, to pick up on. We're thinking about IR35, thinking about Brexit. These are things which are not going away despite the, the challenges that we, that we have with COVID. And finally, before we uh, move on and I introduce our guests for today, a couple of other dates for your diary. Uh, we've been looking at the trends in the uh, in the market in terms of jobs postings throughout the recovery from lockdown. The latest REC jobs recovery tracker with MZ is out on Friday the 25th of September. That'll give us some upfront data about postings and jobs outlook. That's our survey of client businesses and their forward look on demand for the ne next few months. That's out on the 30th, that's Wednesday the 30th of September. And again, there'll be some interesting data there on where we think the market will be growing in the weeks and months to come. So far as we can uh, we can read what's in the crystal ball now. Um, turning to uh, the market and how, uh, how things are developing, I'm delighted to welcome our guest for today's podcast, who's Kevin Freegard, the Chief Executive of Gattaca. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the REC pod. Neil, thank you very much. Delighted to uh, to be joining you today. So um, tell me a little to kick off about Gattaca's experience of the last few months. Of course, the sectoral footprint you have spans some sectors that I'm quite used to referring to as, as still having some residual demand out there in terms of tech, engineering, uh, construction. How have, you, how have you seen those markets change as we've come out of lockdown? 
interesting, um, Neil, for us is that I mean, Gattaca Recruitment's a staffing company with international footprint. Our focus is primarily on STEM skill provision um, and obviously a strong base uh, in the UK and internationally in the Americas, uh, Europe uh, and Africa as well. Um, you know, we, we've seen, um, I suppose, quite a varied uh, reaction uh, in the markets. Areas like energy, infrastructure have uh, remained um, reasonably uh, robust as many of these have ongoing projects as companies then start to look at how they move from lockdown into more of an operational mode. Clearly, the other sectors that have been uh, hit, hit quite strongly, sort of automotive, uh, would be a, a good example of that. Demand for skills, I think, particularly in engineering and technology, are still there. So we've been uh, recruiting uh, during this period. Uh, interestingly, um, in the contract market, I think, is, is one that uh, will remain uh, robust. Companies are looking at uh, the need for flexibility um, uh, with their, their talent requirements uh, going forward. Um, but you know, early days yet, so sort of encouraging signs of, of increasing activity. Uh, but we'll see what the coming weeks and months bring. If you think about that kind of client behaviour, what sort of trends are you seeing in terms of client thinking? I mean, I talk a lot to REC members about trying to find out what your client's real problem is and solve that. Are there are there differences in how clients are approaching uh, their businesses at this time beyond the kind of pressure that a, a recessionary environment puts on them? I think generally um, uh, the majority of clients are or have been thinking about um, how they can operate safely uh, with their staff. So those that have been able to to work effectively from home during this period, um, you know, have have been able to do so. Uh, there are other organisations that do need to have sort of you know frontline operational troops in in facilities. So, so how do they, how do they do that uh, effectively? Uh, and we've seen that across uh, all markets that uh, that we operate in. Uh, so I think that's been been sort of um, you know quite a key uh, part of, of of what they're thinking about. I think they're also now looking to the future. You know how do how do they mobilise beyond the lockdown? Uh, and many of them are quite advanced in this area. Uh, but also, what are their talent needs going forward? Um, you know, quite a number of organisations that we talk to are thinking about um, you know, their digital plans for the future, thinking about how do they transform their operations as you know, we continue to evolve how companies are operating in this new environment going forward. There's a lot of activity going on right now. work very closely in partnership with many of our clients to, to, to help them through that process. I mean, that's a really interesting point because, of course, it could be quite simplistic to say we've moved to a much more tech-enabled workplace and therefore IT skills are going to be more in demand. I mean, that's obviously true. But I suppose how clients use those uh, technical skills might also have changed in terms of getting them thinking about which staff they want to have on their own workforce on a permanent basis, where their contractors are, and potentially whether you know there are ways that they can access surge capacity at different times in the cycle, which gives a, a, a quite a complex uh, range of options for a business like Gattaca to to interact with. Would that be fair? I mean, I think that's a very good point. I mean, th- this is part of um, our business model anyway. So we, you know, we provide that uh, skill base that is either operating contractor or in a permanent capacity or, or, or in some form of a crossover. 
Um, and you know, it is about finding the right skills and 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 uh, allowing the companies to evolve their operating models so that they have the talent when they need it in the right way and working in the right way for the for the for their own sort of individual company needs. And I think that will that thinking is evolving. The model is 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 changing. I think there is going to be a need for much more flexibility, um, you know, in, in the talent market going forward. So slightly cheeky question here. Um, in terms of coming into Gattaca, I mean, you've been in the job for coming up for a couple of years now, but before you were at Gattaca, you were in various businesses, some very well-known businesses like Delarue, around, but, but not in staffing businesses. So you've been on the client side of all of this. What would your sort of one top tip be for people in the industry thinking about how to engage someone who is doing the, the sorts of jobs you used to do and thinking about their workforce planning at a time like this? Absolutely. So, I mean, from the client side, uh, finding um, good talent at the right time is is challenging. Uh, and, and, and I think it will always continue to be challenging, particularly in, in areas like STEM skills. Um, so, you know, I think uh, on the um, recruitment side, uh, working as a partner uh, with clients, um, adding value, understanding the proposition that, that uh, and the value that you can bring to those clients so that you're looking at it in a much more uh, longer term view, if you like, rather than just a purely transactional view. Clients want, want companies that, that really understand the market, understand the skills, can provide them with the talent that they need when they need it. So consistent delivery, high standard of consistent delivery is absolutely critical. That's really good insight and i think we get we're hearing more and more about the necessity of being in that trusted advisor space as a, a, a as a business to really survive the kind of period we're in now where we're looking for more than just a matching service for uh, or rather clients are looking for more than just a matching service especially as the technology of course increasingly does that effectively this is a a professional service and that kind of advice piece is important just reflecting on that then sort of bringing it into into Gattaca what are your reflections you know, less as a, a staffing CEO and more as a CEO of Gattaca on the last few months about uh, what you've learned and what's worked well for you leading a business through this time. Yeah, re- really interesting. So if you think back all that way back to sort of February um, and early March, and we were an organization that was entirely office based. Um, so, you know, we had a very sort of skilled workforce of deep expertise and, you know, we'd operated in a particular way for, for most of our history. And we had to pivot the entire organization uh, in, in a matter of days, which we did. And we went to full remote working and we remained fully operational. Um, and that's a real testament to the, to the, to the staff and, and the commitment and, and determination and dedication to be able to do that. I mean, that, that was a um, pretty amazing pivot. I'm extremely proud of of. of staff in our company as, as they've managed to do that and continue as well at the same time focus on delivering service to our clients as they were going through their own challenges at the same time. I think one of the things that, that I have focused on in the past few months is, is making sure that we are communicating very clearly and on a very regular basis with all our staff so that they understand uh, what we're doing inside the company, what we want them to do, that we support them in, in, in during this period of time. And we've now you know, remobilized like a lot of companies and we're, we're sort of working 
some of our time based in the office, but in, in, you know, in a safe um, COVID um, safe way, uh, you know, and also continuing to, to work remotely. So it's a, sort of a, a bit of a mixture. And I think a lot of companies are thinking about their operating model for the future now. How, how, do, we, how do we take what was good before we went into lockdown and actually use the experience that, that we've gained during the past few months to help us improve how we operate as an organization and how we can service our clients and candidates going forward. I think that's a really important question, isn't it? And you you hear more and more that people are thinking about that balance. Uh, I think earlier in the summer, everyone was just so flushed with relief at having been able to make that transition to on online and the amount of effort it took in all sorts of businesses to 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 get into that remote working space. Uh, but you know what we're learning now is that there are some things that remote working works really well for you know actual delivery of the business you have now in many ways it can be done very efficiently but there are also areas where you know remote working is less effective you think about getting groups together for for innovation purposes if we think about managing people's work-life balance almost the other way around because of course we always think of working at home but certainly you know lots of people and lots of business leaders i've talked to uh, experienced the lockdown as living at work um, because of, because of the, the the nature of the of the crisis and those those bright lines between uh, the time you carve out for uh, for your own well being and ability to think strategically and the time that you are at the coalface we're always there in a kind of full on office environment. There's a whole slew of things there about how we make the mixed model work that I, I suppose until we get through. COVID, we can't really finally answer, but we, I suppose we're starting to get some pointers. Is that fair? I think that's that, that's very fair. And I think, it, I mean, it, it will evolve. Um, and, you know, we, we, we continue to, as an organization, think about how we want to adapt to, to, to this. Um, you know, I think there is, there is a, a view that you could take that you will need to see how this situation develops over the coming sort of weeks, weeks and months and, and into next year. But I do think that uh, there is an opportunity for certainly our company to to evolve and 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 perhaps find a a better balance um, that works for for our clients and our employees you know effectively and it, it'll involve us thinking about how do we use technology how do we how do we change the way we operate so that we continue to be efficient and we are able to deliver the value of service going forward uh, in the high value of service that you know we we do at the moment. Um, so you know, I, I look at this as something that will evolve over time on a, a hard change. And uh, you know, to me, it's an, it's an encouraging development in some ways. Yeah, it encourages us to think about where we're going next. And I suppose that leads me to kind of reflection on something you said right at the top of the podcast, which, of course, Gattaca is an international business. And we learn a lot from different labour markets around the world. So, what are, you, what are your reflections on what you've seen in Gattaca's international businesses over the uh, over 2020? That maybe, you know, as we think about the shape of what a staffing business in the UK is going forward and how we run things, that maybe we should we should learn from elsewhere in the world. Yeah, I mean, being an international business, I think, does give us, um, you know, quite a, quite a unique insight. Uh, which is helpful. Uh, we've seen a lot of commonality in terms of the way in which companies have 
faced the challenges over the past few months, uh, the need for the talent that they require, so STEM skills um, requirements are reasonably consistent uh, in different countries. What we have seen is, is the different ways in which uh, some of the governments have responded um, to the crisis, the, the way in which they have um, supported uh, both employment, but also the, the demand in the marketplace and how they're looking to stimulate demand. And there's a different pace in, in, in different countries. Um, but there is quite a level of consistency in, in, in how companies have operated. Well, without wanting to get too drawn into the politics of all, of all this, what things have you seen in terms of that stimulus that have worked relatively well that, that are worth kind of us thinking about here in the UK? What I am encouraged in some of the countries is, is the government's willingness to invest in um, you know, industries that can create demand to support companies effectively as they go through this type of um, situation over the past, past few months. And I think the, the, uh, the support that the UK government gave, for example, uh, in furlough um, was a pretty, uh, pretty bold, impressive step back in, back in the early days. And going forward, I think it's going to be important that uh, all governments are thinking about how do they uh, keep people safe, obviously, uh, but also how do they stimulate demand effectively. And that's going to be different for each, each of the markets in, in many ways, depending on, on what their economic cycle is. But I think that that need for stimulus is, is going to be important going forward. Well, certainly an important message going into Rishi Sunak as we approach the budget. It's certainly something that um, the, the REC team is working on at the moment in terms of kind of prioritising what we tell the uh, the Chancellor is important as we go into the the end of the year, especially with the current uptick in the in the virus. And there's definitely something there about you know where is the future demand? Where is where where is the labour market that is sustainable? without government support and yeah, a lot of what we're talking to government about now is about, it, it deals with transition support for people into areas of the labour market where jobs will continue to be created um, so, so that we're looking increasingly towards employment retention rather than specific retention of people in the jobs they were doing before COVID because we know that some jobs you know, bar staff and so forth were were rendered unnecessary unnecessary for a period by the virus, um, and will be necessary again at once it's all over. Uh, but equally, there are uh, plenty of functions in the labour market which will not come back in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, parts of high street retail are an example of that, where we do need to support people to transition. There's a big role, I think, for the REC in in kind of bringing the the power of the private sector to bear on that rather than just leaving it to job centres. It's certainly been a theme of our discussions with the DWP more recently. Just one thing before we finish, uh, though, Kevin, um, you know, we talk about Gattaca as an international business. Clearly, there are there's one big international thing that's changing at the end of the year, which is the end of the transition period. I don't think any of us can tell whether there's a deal or not at, at this point. Uh, but I would be interested in your take as the leader of a UK-based services export business um, on 
kind of services trade. I mean, I wouldn't even make it just about Brexit because ultimately on the 1st of January, you know, operating a, a recruitment business in France or Germany is the same as operating one in the United States. Um, what are the things that would make it easier and more effective to to, to be that international uh, recruitment business that that maybe we should be focusing on as a, as a sector to make sure that the UK remains a world leader in terms of building international recruitment firms. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things that immediately come to mind. Neil, for me, um, talent is global, so you know we need to make sure that as a, as a country in the UK that that we have access to and can provide talent services seamlessly, uh, which I think is is, is really important uh, going forward. I think on a more local level, training, I think, is, is incredibly important for, for people um, all the way through their careers. And I think government focus on supporting uh, training, I think, is, is also something I would encourage them to, to be thinking about. Um, and as we, as we you know, come out of the transition period, uh, clarity around uh, how we are going to operate uh, and be able to operate uh, going forward would be extremely useful for, for organisations like ourselves. Also, we'd be making our own plans, but I think the government obviously has a key role to play in this. Yeah, I think there's a whole piece around kind of making sure the cost of doing business in any given jurisdiction is not unnecessarily high. There, uh, and uh, that, of course, has been uh, a focus in the Brexit negotiations for some time. But ostensibly, it's no different in dealing with France or Germany than it is with dealing with any other market where Gattaca is active globally, I, I would say. Yeah. Is that fair? I agree. And I, you, know, you, you, you made the point um, earlier in the conversation about the work that um, REC does in, in dialogue with, with the government. And I think that's extremely important, both for industry bodies and, and also for individual companies to, to do that, because that helps the understanding, that helps to clarify um, the, the, the needs of how we can develop um, the, the economy and support that. And I think our industry has a significant role to, to play in that dialogue because it is all about talent at the end of the day. Well, that is an excellent thought on on which to draw our uh, conversation to a close. Uh, Kevin Freegard, Chief Executive of Gattaca, thank you for joining us on the pod today. Neil, thank you. It's been my pleasure. And thank you to all of you for listening in. If you've enjoyed our chat with Kevin today, then there are uh, a few other recent episodes that might be uh, worth your while. If you want to dig into the VAT catalogue, Podcast 38 with James Reid on what it means to be a future-focused leader or uh, Building Back Better with Richard Bradley of uh, Kelly and uh, Richard Vickers of Search, both really good listens in the recent back catalogue. Thank you again for joining us. I'll look forward to speaking to you again soon on another episode of the REC podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join me for another episode soon, and check out our back catalogue at rec.uk.com to catch up on some other fantastic discussions that are really helpful for recruiters. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So subscribe to REC Podcasts to never miss an episode.